This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. I'm going to the gym like four times a week now, twice with the trainer, and I swear to God I'm getting fatter because I just keep eating Count Chocula. She's eventually just going to be like, what the hell's wrong with you? How are you putting on weight? Well, I'll tell you how. I'm eating apple cider donuts and, and, and cookies and God knows what else in the house and then knocking down a box of Count Chocula every third night. I'm not hanging over the belt yet. Once I get there, then, then you know, changes need to be made. But until then, hell with it. Yeah, my blood is like 30% Count Chocula at this I'm point disgusting. in October. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. Please welcome your hosts, Patrick Allen and Matt Verderam. Welcome in. It's the Arrowhead Addict Podcast Victory Edition. Boy, it feels good to say that after a couple of really rough games for the Kansas City Chiefs. Matt Verderam here with me, Patrick Allen. Verderam, how are you feeling after that victory? I, I'm glad they won, but I don't feel like all of a sudden everything's just fixed. I think you have to be happy whenever the team wins 31-13, but I don't know. Maybe it's the first half of that game that still has me annoyed. Like I, I'm, I think you should feel good, but I'm going to really know how to feel after next week when they play a team that can score some points and do some things offensively. But listen, they, they won the game. And they had to win the game, and they, and they did so. So you feel good about that. Yeah, and we're going to get into the sort of disastrous second quarter that this team had. But at the end of the day, the Chiefs did what they needed to do. They, they, they put together three good quarters of football against an inferior opponent. They came away with a victory they absolutely had to have. Um, uh, they've really just got to run through all of these NFC opponent, uh, NFC opponents and the division if they want a shot at winning the division. So it was a key win for the chiefs. Um, a little bit of an injury there to, to Jody Fortson. Did you get, um, did you get the report on uh, what that is? It looked like it was not good. It came out. They didn't, did he tore his Achilles? I didn't see it. So I was, yeah, I, I thought I, I figured will, you would. I'll double you check that. <laughs> I'll double yeah. check that. I think I, um, I know they ruled him out immediately with an Achilles injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm pretty sure in the post game, he tore his Achilles tendon. I don't want to say that if I'm wrong, but I, I believe that was, yes, he did. He tore his Achilles yes. tendon. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I see Nate Taylor tweeted that. You just hurt your heart for a guy like that who, who fought and clawed to get on the roster and then, you know, goes out there and makes a really great catch and shows yeah. why he's on the team and, and why he's a potential weapon for this team. With Blake Bell out now, uh, the Chiefs are just down to Travis Kelsey and Noah Gray at the tight end position. So that's something that we're going to want to keep an eye on. I'm not sure how long Bell is going to be out. I believe he's dealing with a back issue. Um, but not good news on the injury front for the Chiefs coming out of this game. There were a couple others as well. Travis Kelsey was banged up, seemed to be having a problem with his wrist or hand. Um, and then you had Tyree Kill, who had been dealing with a quad injury. He managed to gut it out right. and play through it. But um, and, and of course, the kind of the surprise of the day was Lucas Nyang not playing at right tackle. Mike Remmer stepping in for him and doing the best he could against Chase Young. Uh, frankly, I, I I don't think it would have made much difference if it was Remmers or, or Yang in there. Chase Young's just an absolute dog. He's a great player. Uh, it's funny, actually. They played each other, Yang and Young, in college. And Yang played very well in the game. In fact, afterwards, in, in his combine, Young was asked, who's the toughest guy you faced in, in your collegiate career? And his answer was Lucas Yang. So would have kind of been funny to see them play against each other again. But uh, Remmers, I thought it was fine. Like they, he, you know, look, Mahomes got sacked three times, but it was for seven yards. Like it wasn't like right. It wasn't like you look at that game go, oh, wow, you know, they really got. I, I thought a couple of those times were 
you know, holding the ball. The, the line gave up some pressure, don't get me wrong, but I didn't feel like it was egregious. I mean, you know, Mahomes did get hit 10 times. You don't want to see that. Yeah. But overall, look, if there's one thing Washington can do, they do have great players up front. So you kind of expected a little bit of that. I thought they did okay. I, I, I'm not overly concerned about that. I'm, I'm, I'm really not. We'll get to it later. I'm far more concerned about the other defensive line in this game that just continues to do nothing. They had seven quarterback hits. They have one sack. So we, we'll see. But I, I thought overall the offensive yeah. line did okay, you know, especially in the second half of the game. Mahomes, a lot of, a lot of times, had all day to throw the football. So all in all, uh, the offense, yeah, and we'll get into all this stuff, they were great except for three plays, which just continues to be a theme. Yeah, and let's get into our, our first topic, obviously. The Chiefs win, um, but let's talk a little bit about the defense. It was you know, coming into the game, we, we, we got the news that Daniel Sorensen was not going to be starting, that we were going to get more Juan Thornhill out there, that the Chiefs were recognizing that they needed to be a little more athletic on defense. So we were expecting to see a little bit more Willie Gay, a little bit more Juan Thornhill. This was a no-brainer, probably should have happened two games ago. And the Chiefs were better on defense, much better against a team that they should have been better. So it's, it's, it's hard to know how much progress was made, I feel, from a general sense. This is a team with with a a, a guy who's at, at best a backup quarterback in this league, right? He has played well at times, but he's not a good quarterback at the moment, and they still can't get pressure. But let, let's talk about what you saw from an improvement perspective, and then we can dive into to the some of the, the the warts that this defense still has. Well, the secondary was much better. Now again, some of this is Taylor is awful. Okay, he's he's an awful quarterback. He doesn't have a strong arm. He's not. Now, the one thing I thought Chiefs actually did do very well in this game was Heineke can run, and he didn't even try to run once in this game. I thought the Chiefs did a pretty good job in that regard. I'm sure that was a point yeah. of emphasis. But, you know, all told, I thought the secondary was much better. Thornhill coming in for Sorensen definitely helps. You have to feel good about that. He played, you know, I thought Thornhill played well in the game. Sorensen did play. I don't know. I haven't seen the exact snap counts yet, but Sorensen played a decent amount in the game. Um, especially once Hitchens went out and they were kind of doing some different packages. But guess what? He wasn't exposed as much. Why? Because A, Washington's weapons aren't that good. But B, he's not being asked to do too much in a third safety role. So that helped things. I thought Nick Bolton played well. I thought the Chiefs overall against the run. I know the stats say that the Washington ran for 4.9 yards of carry. I thought the Chiefs did pretty well against the run this game. I really did. You know, they, they got 94 yards in the ground. I thought Kansas City's run defense was fine. And I thought Fenton played really well. If Rashad Fenton goes back on the bench, there should be an investigation. Leave him on the field. He's better than Mike Hughes. When Ward comes back, assuming he does next week, leave Fenton on the field. thought he played very well. So there were certainly a lot of positives. Um, and I think most of them took place in the secondary, even with some of the linebacker play. Willie Gay uh, was fine. I don't, I don't remember there being a ton of like splash plays from him. But at the same point, you know, he only had one tackle. Uh, but at the same point, there wasn't any like glaring "what are you doing" plays that have happened to these linebackers so often. Yeah, I saw some flashes from Nick Bolton. Made a, a really good play. I think it was on a screen pass. Yep, he was. He did a nice blocker. Yeah, yeah, blew that up. It, 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 it's it's it, you know it's been tough because the whole defense has been bad. But this is a rookie. He's learning his way. He's got a certain skill set that hopefully the Chiefs can utilize. Um, and I agree with you. I think the secondary really stepped up today. In particular, what what was your number one job if you're the secondary today? It's take care of Terry McLaurin, right? Take him out of the game, and and what do they have left? Yeah, you're fine with J.D. McKissick getting eight carries for 45 yards and eight receptions for 65 yards. That means, with the exception of one play, you're not giving up big passes down the field. You're not giving up explosive plays. Make Taylor Heineke do what defenses are trying to do to Patrick Mahomes, move down the field and play well over and over and over again. And he wasn't able to do that. I, I thought they were, I, I, I don't want to say fantastic because they had the blown coverage on, on Ricky Seals Jones, but yep. you want to see. And it's impressive, especially considering that the Chiefs just can't buy a pressure. It's absolutely insane. And I guess we can turn to the warts now. Why can't they rush? I think right now they've at least figured out some of this stuff. Now, you know, the question is, can they figure out, can they figure out all of it? Can they get better on all three levels? Andy Reid talked about on Friday that he believes that, that Chris Jones is going to come back uh, and, and, and there's a good chance he plays against Tennessee. They need Chris Jones in the worst way. People can, can bitch all they want about Jones. Well, you know, is, is he good against the run? Is he good outside? Chris Jones changes the game up front. If you don't believe me, go watch the Super Bowl and they beat the Niners. Changed the whole game in the fourth quarter. They need him desperately. 
Um, because I do think that Fenton and Thornhill, that changes the secondary quite a bit. That's a lot more speed. It's a lot more athleticism. And Fenton is aggressive as hell, and I love it. I love corners who are aggressive. He is aggressive. I still think that front is a train wreck. They did not get any pressure on Heineke throughout this game. They're playing a Washington team that their line stinks. Brandon Sheriff's the only good player up front. He's an excellent guard. He wasn't playing today. They could not get any pressure. That continues to be a huge problem. It, it just it is so glaring. If I'm Veach, the trade deadline is November 2nd. I'm, I'm just scouring the market for any kind of edge rush help. Emmanuel Ogba in Miami, uh, Josh Allen in Jacksonville. I mean, anybody who's out there who they think can do anything, I'd be making a phone call. Uh, because right now to me, the secondary, maybe you found some stuff in this game. The front four is still a huge issue. Yeah, and when Chris Jones does come back, he's got to be in the middle. If he's he back next he week, does. my God, please do not put Chris Jones at defensive end against Derrick Henry. Don't do it. Please don't do it. I, you know, this the, that's the thing that worries me, and we're, we're not really going to get too much into the, the Titans game. But look, this is good. It's good they got some things figured out because next week, really, to their standard of football – but Tennessee's a good football team. They've got a lot of talent. They have talent at receivers. Ryan Tannehill has played well the last few years, and Derrick Henry's just an absolute monster. The Chiefs can't make mistakes against a team like that, or they're going to make them pay in a way that probably a team like Washington really just doesn't have enough talent. They, they have to be able to get some kind of push up front. I know they're not the steel curtain. I know they're not even the defense they had years ago with Houston and Tom coming off the edges and Derek Johnson in the middle. I, I get that. They're going to get killed defensively if they cannot get pressure. And I know people have been getting on spags, and, and to some degree, rightfully so. Go watch the tape of this game. He brought pressure a lot, and they can't get home. They just can't do it. Frank Clark had one tackle in this game. Like, look, and I'm not trying to bring everybody down after a win. I'm just trying to keep it real here. Yeah, like in two weeks, they're going to kill the Giants. They're just better than them. They're going to smoke the Giants. But it doesn't matter if they can't be the team like Tennessee. And the Tennessee's not good. Tennessee is a bad defensive team, okay? They have no depth offensively. The offensive line has been one of the worst in football. They have 20 sacks allowed, and they haven't even played their sixth game yet. Comes Monday night against Buffalo. They're hideous up front. But can the Chiefs make them pay? The Chiefs have played a million bad offensive lines this year, and they can't get any pressure. They can't do anything. And so, and you can't blitz as much in this game with Jones and Brown. You just can't. You'll get destroyed. So at some point, that becomes my main concern. Now, the good news is I genuinely feel, and we've talked about this, that putting Fenton and, and, and Thornhill on the game, especially when you get Ward back, and I'm not the biggest Charverius Ward guy in the world, but he's clearly better than anybody else here. He's better than Mike Hughes. He's better than DeAndre Baker. Getting those guys in there, I honestly think that's a secondary that could play. I don't think that's going to get them killed. The linebackers, if Gay can continue to provide this athleticism and Bolton can just be Reggie Ragland 2.0, look, it's not ideal. You, you love them to get better, but it's not going to get you killed. The thing that worries me right now with them is they just can knock it a rush. I mean, it is it is ungodly how bad they are getting the pass rush. Chris Jones will help that, and they're going to need it on Sunday because Tennessee, if they can't get home to Tannehill, he's going to kill them. He's going to throw the ball all over the field. Uh, but for now, they got better in one area. And they, and they didn't have tackling issues today. Communication, they had the one blow up, which, which can't have. It's a 40-yard touchdown to friggin' Ricky Seals-Jones. You can't Ricky have Seals a coverage Jones, bust like yeah. that. But it's better than having 10 of them like they've been having all year long. Yeah, and, and I think it helped, as you said earlier, get Dan out of the – Get him out of the secondary. Bring him down. He's always kind of excelled in that sort of, you know, coming up, helping out and run support, those things, yep. because he's not afraid to go charging in there. And he has been bad this year, and he's, I think, leading the league in missed tackles. But to your point, they didn't miss a lot of tackles today. They were a lot more just just being more sound fundamentally and filling their gaps and making tackles made a huge, huge difference in this game. Uh, what did you think of that uh that interception by old uh, Treshawn Wharton there. Strong hands for the big Unbelievable. Like, they put him on offense. Uh, I mean, (laughs) an unbelievable play. A great play. I mean, obviously, the game was in hand at that point, but who cared? That was a a phenomenal. And you know what? Truthfully, like, more than anything, like, yeah, it was a great catch. It was good awareness. He realized what the play was. He put his hands up, made a nice play, and and made made a great play at the end to pick the ball off. But that was a nice job by Wharton, who I thought actually did play a strong game. But listen, overall... 
I think in the end, if you're the, if you're the Chiefs getting on the plane in Washington, headed home to Kansas City, you should feel good. You shouldn't feel great. You shouldn't feel like you've accomplished some huge thing. You should beat the hell out of Washington. They suck. You're the Chiefs. You have all this talent. Like that game should have been 13 10 at halftime, okay? Which we're going to get into here shortly. But you have to feel like that second half of football is the best half of football they've played all year. You know, it really was. I mean, maybe the second half against Cleveland, I'd argue that was really like 10 minutes of great football. Like, they, they really played very, very well. They can play anywhere near that second half. I don't care who they're playing. They're going to beat most everybody. Um, but can they yeah, do it? You're right. And, 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 and just for the defense in this game, I'm just going to read you. In the second half, miss for Washington, miss field goal, punt, punt, interception. Right? That's exactly what you want out of that defense. And, and by the way, they got, they got a three and out to start the game. They forced another punt in the first in the in the first quarter or in the first half. They forced a fumble, so they made plays in this game that they needed to make. Hopefully, it gains them a little bit of confidence. Hopefully, moving some things around will help get Chris Jones back. Put him in the middle. And maybe they start to turn it around a little bit. Jess Ferris in the in the chat on YouTube says defense looks better, but I'm not sold. Yeah, I don't think I don't think any of us are. Um, no, no, not yet. They've got a lot of uh, of. Uh, of ground to make up to make us all feel comfortable again. And if you're out there watching and there are a lot of you, thank you so much for supporting the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. You guys are the best. If you're, uh, if you haven't subscribed to this channel yet, hit that subscribe button. Also hit the thumbs up button. If you're watching, uh, that'll help more people get in here, get a more lively chat going for you guys. So if you could please do that, we'd really appreciate it. Only 13 thumbs up so far. There's 78 of you out there. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on that, but we appreciate your support. All right, let's talk a little bit. I want to talk about the good on offense, but let's talk about the second quarter meltdown because, you know, the game starts and the Chiefs force three and out. They go on a 10 play, 95 yard drive for a touchdown. It's their longest drive of the season. They do it in four minutes and 50 seconds. We're thinking, all right, this is good. And then you get the, the Tyree kill. They go on a seven play drive, 66 yards. They're going to score. Tyree kill doesn't catch the ball. Second time this happened the season. It gets picked off. Is this just bad luck? Or is Hill not focusing? Is it the injury? Like, what do you make of it? Or do you even care? Just catch the well, damn ball. I don't care at all. Catch the catch the ball. Um, I think part of it was he slipped coming out of his break and it maybe threw him off a little bit. But the ball is right in his hands. It's a perfect throw. Mahomes couldn't have walked it up to him and placed it in a better spot. And for the second week in a row, ball went right through his hands, got picked off. And it cost them points. And against Buffalo, it was a pick six. This game, it might as well have been a pick six because it cost them a touchdown. I mean, they were going right in the end zone. It, I don't know whether it's focus. I don't know whether it's just bad luck. I, I don't care. This shit has to stop. It, it just has to stop. And that is one thing with them. That, you know, it cannot get swept under the rug here. And again, I don't want to be negative. They won the game. They won by 18 points. But you want to see them win a Super Bowl. Like, who cares if this team goes to the playoffs? It doesn't matter. That's look, that that is 10 years ago being a Chiefs fan. Now it's it's judged in rings, it's judged in getting to the Super Bowl. That's it. Anything less than that for them is a failure. It's an unqualified and they would tell you that. This is not good enough. These turnovers are just nonsense. And quite honestly, and we'll get to all of them, they're just bullshit turnovers. Like it's not yeah. like Washington made some unbelievable play on any of those plays. They're just dumb. Right. They're just, you know, I mean, you've got to catch the football. It's right at you. And it's like everyone's going to make a ton of eight, eight interceptions from a home. Four of them have been just god awful plays by the receivers. You've got to make right. plays. Now, we will get to the other one he threw in a second, which just wow. But that, the first one, 100% on him. Yeah. And, and the Chiefs, after they have that first touchdown, their first half possessions interception, field goal, punt, fumble, interception. Fumble obviously coming on the uh, the the sweet play with uh, McCall Hardman yep. got a nice gain fumbled it it was kind of an up and down game for for Hardman um, obviously had the fumble had the fair catch on the four or three yard line on the punt no idea what the hell he was thinking but he did contribute he he caught a, a fair amount of balls he had some good returns so you know that's a guy that. They need him. Like I know everybody gets frustrated with McCole Hardman when he makes these makes makes some of these mistakes, but he's a talented guy. And if they can get if they can get what they got out of him today, minus the yep. mistakes, I think you're thrilled, right? Because you're getting a contribution on special teams, and you're getting something from him in the offense in this game. Which I didn't see Josh Gordon out there. I mean, I guess he was on the field for some plays, but 
nothing going to him yet. Uh, what's your what's your take on Hardman's day? First of all, it'd be nice. Like Josh Gordon, alive? I mean, he's active. How about playing him occasionally? But Hardman's day to me, the first first of all, I thought the nicest play of the game was that throw early on from Mahomes to Hardman down the sideline. That was a, just a laser of a shot. Yes. And it was and a, a good nice catch. catch. By him. That was not an easy catch. Like yeah. that, not because it wasn't good. It was a great throw. But that was good coverage, and that ball was on him. I mean, that thing is coming in there hot. He made a great catch. I'm so so though, on the day with Hardman. You can't do that and then turn around and fumble the ball, which he's been prone to do. You can't then turn around and catch a ball in a four-yard line. I, I, look, this is the kind of stuff I'm talking about. You're not beating Buffalo playing like this. You're not beating Baltimore playing like this. What the hell are you doing catching the ball in your four-yard line? You're taught as a punt returner. Every coach teaches this the same way. Put your heels on the 10-yard line and don't go backwards. How the fuck are you at the four? I mean, like, what? That's 20 feet backwards. What are you doing? And the fumble is a killer. You're driving down the field again. You're going to get points. Even if it's just three, you're going to get points. Nope, you're not going to get anything. So I thought there were times he he was impressive in, in moments. The catch we just talked about. He had a very nice return. He might even had two nice returns. But, you know, and by the way, the special teams today. At the four-yard line, to catch a fair, punt, a fair catch of a punt. Pringle takes a, a kickoff return out nine yards deep in the end zone. And not his fault, but they take, a, they take a personal foul on the play, and they start at the seven. How about just taking a knee or letting it go through the end zone? How about that? Like Instead of like the nonsense that always pervades, prevails with this team – and then an 18-yard punt to go with it. Like, hey, Tommy, you punt the ball like two times a week. How about getting into one and hitting it 50 yards? So I thought the special teams let him down at times. Hardman was part of that. So overall, I give him like a C. You can't have those kinds of mistakes, even if you make some plays. But in the receiving game, yes, it takes 60 yards all day long. Yeah, uh, really uneven, but solid day from Hardman. And that's what they need from him. And it was interesting because the – you know, the Chiefs struggled with Tyree Kill. He was banged up. Now, he had nine receptions for 76 yards, but that's a little bit different for him. That's 8.4-yard average. I'm sure part of it was the injury, but I did like the fact that they were finding a way to get the ball to Tyree. It wasn't just a whole day of like, well, they're going to be playing a shell coverage. Let's just send Tyreek deep every play and hope something happens. They they clearly designed some things to get him the ball in space, even for short gains. He's just so dangerous. He catches the ball and a guy is three or two yards away from him. And then he just gets five yards of separation. His acceleration is, is it's like he's an actual race car. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, hopefully he can get healed up. But I, I thought a little bit of a hat tip to the coaching because the coaches have been taking a lot of heat as well during this bad stretch. They did some things that I thought made a lot of sense to get him the ball. They did. They did. And you, know, you didn't even know if he was going to play in the second half. He came out. He's on the exercise bike. It kind of looked like he might just have that quad tighten up on him and he wasn't going to be able to go. I thought he'll play very well, other than, of course, the ball going right through his hands. I will give him credit on one thing. I don't think enough has made of this in the telecast, and I didn't tweet about it, and I should have. That touchdown pass he caught, Mahomes was standing about – he caught it in the middle to back of the end zone. So let's, let's say Mahomes was standing 15 yards away from him. Mahomes threw that ball about 65 miles an hour. I mean, that thing was cooking coming in there. I give him a lot of credit for catching that. I don't care who you are, NFL player, great NFL player. That is a tough catch, man. That ball was humming. Made a really nice play to catch that ball. He made some big third down conversions. He had the one play that was crazy where Mahomes was scrambling around. Didn't end up counting um, because of the penalties, but uh, it was it was a ridiculous play. Yeah. You know, he, he played very well. Kelsey, I mean, it was banged up through the whole game. He ended up a yard shy of 100. So th- their weapons came to play. Really, and, and Charles Davis said this at the end of the broadcast, and it's true. You know, he, he brought up the turnovers, and he just said, how well could this team be? How, or how great could they be without the turnovers? And Patrick, that's where I'm at with this. Like, I just, 31 points is not a bad output. I don't care who you're playing. It's a good game. That's a good day. It has to stop. It just has to. I can't take this anymore. I mean, we never crush him because he never really gives us reason to. That interception by Mahomes before the half, that was the stupidest thing I've seen a Chiefs player do maybe in my life. You have no positive outcome in the world when you throw the ball like that. None. Nobody's going to catch it on your team. You're not going to get a call on that. Nothing good is going to happen. Take the sack, kick yeah. the field goal. Like, and he called it afterwards. He called it dumb, to use his word. What are you doing? 
I mean, sometimes, and I don't want to hear people, well, he's got to force it. No, 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 no. There's one, it's one thing to force it on a third and eight where you're trying to split a safety and a linebacker, okay? That's forcing it. What he did there was flat out stupid. That is an inane, yeah. ridiculous mistake. And again, to their credit, they came out in the second half and they played great and they blew Washington out. And hopefully that continues. If they play against Tennessee the way they played in the second half, they will destroy Tennessee. Okay. Quite honestly, if they play like that, they probably won't lose another game this season. But my question is, and I'm sure everybody's question is, can they do that? Can they play like that? Or is it just going to be one of these things where next week we we see a whole another side of them? I, I don't know because we've seen every side of them through six weeks. Yeah, that interception by Mahomes was literally, it looked like, I was like, there's, I, I saw him start to wind up and I was like, oh, surely not. He's not going to throw that ball. He He looked like every green quarterback I've ever seen go into a game that was in over his head just in that one moment, right? Where they like, they're about to get sacked and they just like panic and they throw, heave the ball. And we've been cutting him a little bit of slack this season because we know he's pressing because the defense has been so bad. They were very good in this game. There was no reason for him to press. There was every reason for him to take the sack and take care of the football. Um, so you don't like to see that from him. It's the worst play I think he's made as a chief with Maybe the what was that play where he ran like forty yards backwards and got sacked against Miami? Against Miami, yeah, yeah. It's right this, up this, there. This I'm was like one this A and one B. Insane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. at least with the Miami thing, as awful as it was, like we have we have seen him do stuff like that and then throw like a touchdown pass at the end of it. Like it's awful and it's stupid, but I, I at least understand the logic. What the hell is your logic for that play? There, again, I can't stress this enough. There is no positive outcome. None. Like there is no chance that ends up as a good thing. And, and sometimes I really, I, I will say this though: if there's a <laughs> there's a silver lining from that. After that play, he was basically God in the second half. I wonder with them if that ends up being a little bit of a turning point. Like that was so bad. You have to think in the locker room he's seething, and the defense after their third and sixteen, Ricky Shields Jones back to back calamity had to be seething. You wonder if maybe that was the impetus for like, guys, enough of this shit. Like, we got to go out and play football. This is nuts. Can't win like this. Yeah. My biggest problem, I think, and, and look, I think it's the Chiefs' biggest blessing, and it's their biggest curse. They have so much talent, especially offensively, that I believe they feel sometimes like, well, we can just do anything. And that's a great confidence to have. It's also a horrible thing to have at times because you just feel like, well, ah, what the hell? I'll make a play out of it. Where sometimes you have to raise, no, no, no. Like I'm great, but I'm human. I can't make a play here. If they stay within themselves offensively, they are going to be one of the greatest offenses of all time. No one is stopping this offense. Nobody. The line's very good. The quarterback's incredible. They've got weapons coming out of their ears. No one is stopping this team. They have punted not, I think it's coming into the day, it was eight times. So how many times did they punt today? Was it was it once? Maybe twice? Twice. 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 They've punted 10 times in six games. If they don't stop themselves, and most of these turnovers have flat out just been them stopping themselves. If they don't stop themselves, it's over. No one's stopping them. And I think that's got to be the message if you're Reed, if you're enemy Guys, just don't make the killer mistake. And it's curtains. No one's stopping you. But they haven't gotten past that part of it. And they didn't get past that today either, for being honest. And so that, that continues to be a concern. Yeah. And if it was a better team, they probably would have lost doing that yep. because a better would. offense would have taken better advantage of those situations. JPF in the chat asked, do you think Hill's brief stint on the sidelines was a mini benching for the drops? No, I don't think so. that's not really Andy no. Reid's deal. He, he, you, I, he'd have to, he's not one of these coaches that, and, and I hate it. And I think it's stupid that like, sort of like, Oh, you fumbled. I'm taking you out of the game. And it's like, you play all these mind games. Andy Reid sends him back out there and calls a play for him. That's the kind of coach he is. I think Tyreek was just a little bit banged up. They may have been massaging or doing some training things with his injured quad. Real quick before we move on, I just want your thoughts on Daryl Williams. Stepped in admirably for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Did a nice job. Only averaged three yards a carry, but... You know, he he converted when they needed him to convert. He got in the end zone. He was pretty decisive, which is something that we previewed that we'd like to see that we thought we would see out of him. And I think I think he displayed it. No, you know what? I'll give you a run in the box score. You okay? Okay. That I thought told you everything you need to know about Daryl Williams today. The second touchdown. It was a run where I think it was at the four yard line, and they really didn't have a crease. 
There was, there, you know, early on in the play, the blocking wasn't quite getting a push. And he just stood there. Like, he just waited and waited. And then they caved in the left side of Washington's defense. The right side did work. And he and he just ran in almost untouched. Like, it was a touchdown because he was patient. I got to be honest. And I'm not trying to crack on a guy who's hurt. If that was Clyde Edwards Alaire, that would have been a no game. Clyde Edwards Alaire would have ran right into the back of that line and it would have been, it would have been a, you know, maybe a gain of a yard or something. Williams was patient. And I gotta say, oh, we gotta shout it out because it was the to me, it was a it was the most effort heavy play of the game. Jarek McKinnon on that swing pass on third and four, that man ran like yeah. he was running for his life on that play. Ran over like yeah. four guys. It was an unbelievable yeah. play. They they have got even when Edwards Alaire comes back, it's gotta be more running back by committee with this team. I'm not going to crap in Edwards Lair and say he doesn't belong in the field. Listen, he has had some very good games for them. But Williams gives him a, he's a little bit of a bigger back. I think he's got a little bit better vision. Okay, now, I do think Edwards Lair does give you something in terms of, even though he's not the fastest guy in the world, I do think he's got a little more wiggle than, than Williams. Okay. So I think they complement each other pretty well. I would like to see them split, split the carries. I'm not saying bench either one of them, split the carries up. I thought Williams played well, and I also want to shout out Joe Tooney, who played this game with a broken hand and a cast and played pretty damn well. Yeah, pretty pretty inspiring. And I agree on McKinnon. That's the second time this season he's taken a swing pass on the flat and ran really, really hard. You've got to like the effort, get him involved a little bit. If he's going to be going out there and making plays like that, he shouldn't be on, uh, at least not nailed to the sideline. Great job by Daryl Williams. Um Somebody in the chat. Oh, Mike Cole said, uh, I saw at least one play where Tyreek lined up in the backfield. Uh, LOL. Andy must listen to Verderam in the podcast. Oh, Andy most definitely listens to this podcast. It's not for the football analysis, though. It's, it's for all the food takes. That, Almost a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so by the way, somebody sent me a picture. They got a box of fruit brute. I was telling you about fruit brute. The cereal, the discontinued I know, cereal. I, saw the tweet, I yeah. wanted to wear, I thought it was, I don't know where he got it. It must, must have been in an antique shop or something. It's beautiful. I'm glad that I'm glad we can have that kind of an impact. You know, you know, we should even talk yeah. about the cheese for an hour, but n- nobody cares sure. about that. Hey, hey, I found cereal. Which right. I'm I'm four, by the way. You know, it's amazing. <laughs> you know, I will get right back to the game. But I have been going to the gym now. I'm working out with the trainer and 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 I you know, I lost some weight during the pandemic. I said, Well, what the hell? I'm close enough now to kind of get into where I want to get to. So I'm gonna try to just, you know, basically uh sculpt this ball of clay. And I do mean a ball of clay. And <laughs> Yet I'm going to the gym like four times a week now, twice with the trainer, and I swear to God I'm getting fatter because I just keep eating Count Chocula. So yeah, Count Chocula. She's eventually just gonna be like, "What the hell's wrong with you? Like, how are you? How are you putting on weight?" Well, I'll tell you how. I'm eating apple cider donuts and, and, and cookies and God knows what else in the house, and then knocking down a box of Count Chocula every third night. So that that is an issue, but it's an issue I'm willing to live with. I'm not hanging over the belt yet. Once I get there, then then you know changes need to be made. But till then, hell with it. Yeah, my blood is like 30% Count Chocula at this I'm point disgusting. in October. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about the second half revival. Uh, we've yes. been touching on it quite a bit, actually. But I just, the again, the Chiefs in the second half of this game on offense, absolutely incredible. Here's what they did. They came out, seven plays, 12 yards, punt. We At that point, I think people, that's when Twitter was getting at its most toxic. Uh, Chiefs Twitter at that point was was not good. Um and then the Washington goes down and misses a field goal. And then after that, touchdown, 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 downs at the end of the game. They had a 10-play, 68-yard drive, an 8-play, 45-yard drive, and a 15-play, 96-yard drive, which topped their previous record from the first half of a 10-play, 95-yard drive. Pretty incredible and exactly what you want to see out of this team with the way that defenses are playing them. And things did start to loosen up a little bit for them down the field. They played the second half the way they were supposed to play all the time. And before I get to the offense, because the offense was fantastic, I want to say this about the defense. First of all, they pitched a shutout in the second half. And it wasn't one of these shutouts where like Washington drove the ball a ton, but like you know, the Washington did nothing second half of the game. Nothing. Not even a garbage time. Couldn't do anything. The turning point of that game, Townsend shanks that punt, to like their own 45-yard line, I believe it was. I tweet out at that point that the Chiefs are in Chernobyl mode, which I'm going to save for a later date because I felt like that was one of my best tweets of the day. So Washington gets the ball, up 13-10, a lot of momentum. The Chiefs, that that moment felt like the Chiefs were about to reel and it was going to get pretty ugly. 
That could have been the season. Like, it really could have been. If Washington goes down the field there and scores, I'm not saying the Chiefs going to come back. I mean, God knows what the softens they could have. But you really start to get into a spot there where it's getting pretty ugly. And the defense held the fort. Hopkins misses a fairly long field goal. And the whole game changed. Give the defense a ton of credit. That is a spot where this team has just failed over and over and over and over defensively. And I don't care how bad Washington's offense is. 45 yards. Any team in the league can drive 45 yards. That was a hell of a stand. Now, offensively, I liked a couple things in this game that we have not gotten and I'll get to right now. First off, early in the game, I like the fact that the Chiefs just said, you want to play cover two? That's fine. We're still going to throw the ball down the field. The hell with you. If we get a one-on-one, we're going down the field. And he did it with Fortune. He did it with Hardman. They, they, they hit him for two big gains. And in the, in the third and fourth quarters of the game, it wasn't so much that they hit him for the deep ball. They did hit Robinson for the touchdown late. But they just said, fine. We're going we're gonna to find the soft spot in your zone. We're going to kill you with Kelsey. We're going to get the ball in Tyreek's hands, like you said earlier, Patrick. We're going to get the ball to him. We're going to let him make a play. And guess what happened? They went right down the field and put it in the end zone. I mean, ultimately, that's the way you have to play offense. And it's not, look, it's not always going to be bombs away, but you look up, they had 499 yards. It's 29 first downs. Like th- that's how you have to play. And I can tell you right now, spinning this forward, they're going to play Titans on Sunday. The Titans are a lousy defense, a lousy defense. In that game, they, they give you single coverage outside, torture. But if they don't, and they want to sit there and play cover two the whole day, fine. Throw it to Hill, throw it to Hardman, throw it to Kelsey, throw it to the backs, and let them just eat underneath the whole game. If they do that, and they avoid the turnovers like they did in the second half, they will kill teams. They will absolutely take – I don't even care if it's a really good team. I don't care if it's Buffalo, Baltimore, any of them. When the Chiefs play like that, they're unstoppable. And I think you saw that in the second half of the game. Yeah, and uh, we have a, a question I wanted to address um, from uh, – actually, I want to also say uh, – uh, Christian says, can we talk about how Creed Humphrey is playing like an all pro? He absolutely yes. is. Yes. I don't know if he'll get it because he's a rookie and he's a center. And, you know, sometimes they just they don't they don't pick that stuff up. Right. Uh, it doesn't get talked about enough nationally. It's not a sexy position. They go with guys that they know. But he's absolutely playing like an all pro. Uh, just absolutely an incredible pick by the Chiefs. The second question was uh, from Jess Farah. Serious question for you guys. Why can Tooney play with a broken hand, but Jones can't play with a hurt wrist? Look, I think it's just different, right? We don't, one, we don't know the exact nature of, of Chris Jones' wrist injury. Um, but it's a little bit of a different position. Uh, but what's your take on that, Verderan? Well, first things first. So with Humphrey, by the way, I actually was talking to somebody who's, who's in a front office around the league who said to me, he thinks that, that Humphrey should be an all pro, thinks he's the best center in football right now, which is pretty high praise. Okay. Coming from an exec in the league who watches the whole league. He's been phenomenal. He has been... And by the way, Trey Smith, like you can make a really good case right now. It's the best center guard combo in football. I mean, they are destroying people. And the second best guard combo with a center in football might be the other side with Tooney. I mean, I'm sure there's a few around the league. If I sat there and really thought about it, the Colts obviously have Nelson and Kelly. In it. But I mean, the cheese line in, inside is is ridiculous. Brown, by the way, has not been a slot himself a tackle. With with the question, Jess, regarding uh, whether or not you know Jones can play with the wrist, my answer would be this. You see linemen sometimes be able to play with the club. Obviously, they're not holding anyway, at least in theory. So you can do that a little bit. I mean, so much of Tooney's game is about leverage, being a technician. Not to say it doesn't hurt him, and, and it's a hell of a job by him to play through it. But I do think you can play through it depending on how the fracture is. With Jones in the wrist, as a defender, you're using so much of your strength and you are allowed to grab onto a jersey here and there. So I think if the wrist isn't good and you don't have that power, you're really neutralized. You know, I I just think it's a little bit of a different... Plus, you're trying to tackle somebody. Like, if your wrist is shot... You know, I'm not saying... Look, and maybe if it's a playoff game, maybe he does play. I don't know. I know that I talked to a source before the Buffalo game that said he's getting better. There's a shot that he plays. The wrist didn't respond the way they were hoping to some treatment late in that week. But I, I think it's, you know, the good news is it's a wrist. It's not his knee. It's not his Achilles. It's not, you know, it's he'll be back from it. And it sounded like from Andy Reid on Friday that it sounds like they expect him to be back this coming week, which if he is, that's huge. They're going to need him. They're going to need him in this game. Yeah. And I think it's also important to remember that the the risk for re-injury is probably very much taken into account here. Oh, With course. a fracture, if, 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 if Creed's got a small painful fracture in, in, in his hand, that's it. Look, it, it probably hurts like hell. It's not pleasant 
to be out there and, and be, you know, fending off 300 pound guys with that hand. But it's not going to like break more probably. Right. Unless it's, it's it cast, has some right, sort of no. other traumatic. Right. And it's in a cast. It's not going to break more. Whereas with the wrist, you're going to be in this action. Right. You're getting this action all the time. You're getting, you, you can make it worse. It could get re- so it's, if it's a tendon thing, you don't want to, to lose him for the season. So, um, it's almost certainly a re-injury thing as well. And, uh, the, the, the fractured hand is, is one of those things that believe me, they, they've got a lot invested in, in Joe. They would pull him out of the game if they thought it could get worse. They're just, um, they're just being, but it's just, it's just one of those things that he could probably play through. He just has to deal with the pain. Okay. Let's get to our players of the game. So we're going to do our earning their arrowhead segment. Ferdram, off the top of your head, who are a couple guys who earned their arrowheads for you and this Chiefs victory? Rashad Fenton. I thought he played really, really well. Aggressive, had a couple of passes defense. I'm a big, like, I loved Breland because Breland would just say, yeah, I'll take two penalties today. I don't care. I'm going to maul you on the outside. Let's, Let's see you play through it. Fenton's not as big, but I love his attitude. He goes right at you. He was singled up a handful of times, too, in this game, and he he didn't budge. I loved it. So he gets one for me. Um, and then I think I think you have to go – Kelsey, 99 yards, played through some some injuries, was banged up throughout the game. I can't give one to Mahomes because that pick was so bad. <laughs> that, pick, that pick was so bad that I just can't go that right. Now, look, you want to talk about the rescue. He was unbelievable. So if you want to give him one, fair enough. I just – I can't. If you turn the ball over for me from now on, you do not get one. I'm done with you for the day. So Kelsey Fenton to me, they're my top two. The, I'm gonna, I've got three arrowheads I'm going to give out, and I'm going to give them all to receivers. Byron Pringle, Nicole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson. Why? Because those are guys who generally have not been showing up for this team and have been making it easy for teams to Take away Kelsey, take away Hill, and the Chiefs can't do anything about it. What did those guys come out and do? Aside from the mistakes that Hardman made that we already talked about, four receptions for 62 yards. Pringle, three receptions for 55 yards. Demarcus Robinson, three receptions for 46 yards and a touchdown that sealed the game. We talked about this in the offseason when we talked about the departure of Sammy Watkins. And you made this point, Verderam. You said, well, you know, if they don't get a number two receiver and you st- and you rattled off, obviously Pringle hadn't got that much playing time, but you rattled off the production of, of Robinson and Hardman. And you said, you know, you put those guys together, that's a pretty good number two receiver. And that's what the Chiefs need from from Pringle, Robinson and Hardman. Probably none of like none of those guys are going to emerge is the clear cut number two. If anybody has a shot of doing that this season, it's probably Josh Gordon, even though he hasn't really done anything yet, just from a talent perspective. Right. If those guys can show up week in and week out and provide the Chiefs with an extra 150 yards receiving, which is basically what they did today to go along with what Kelsey and Hill can do. Nobody's going to stop them. They're just not going to get stopped. Patrick, they're not getting stopped now if they could just stop turning the damn right. football over. I mean, I know that's like just sounds obvious, but it's obvious because it's true. Like, no one is stopping them but them. They're stopping them. Like, for all of the frustrations with this defense, and I get you could argue they could have lost the Browns, whatever. They didn't. You could argue they should be five and one right now. Like if they weren't turning the ball over at a ridiculous clip, you'd be sitting here going, "Oh right, yeah, they lost the Buffalo. That's pretty much it." And by the way, Hardman after today's game has two hundred and sixty-one yards. Okay, he's on pace for about six hundred. If he has six hundred yards, that's fine. Like it's not unbelievable. You're not going to lose your mind over it. But it's by the way, it's right in line with what he's done in the past. Okay, so his rookie year, he had twenty-six catches. For 538 yards. Last year, he had 41 catches for 560 yards. This year, he already has 26 catches for 261 yards. The the big difference was early in his career, 20.7 yards per catch. Last year, 13.7. Right now, it's 10 because there's been a lot of behind the the line of scrimmage stuff. I'd like to see more of of him getting down the field. But I don't think, like, McCall Hardman, I I have an issue with the fumble. I have an issue with him catching a a ball, a punt at the four-yard line. I don't have a problem with McCall Hardman, the receiver. Like, you also do have to keep in mind, he's not going to get targets like Kelsey and Hill. So, like, And he obviously shouldn't be targeted like Kelsey and Hill. If he's their third guy and he's going for 6'6", 50, I'm okay with that because the other two guys are going for 1,500. Like, 
I don't care. Yeah. But you know they they need they need to stop turning the ball over. If they stop turning the ball over, they're going to be fine. Because when you look at who they're playing next, and by the way, we haven't even mentioned this nice game by the Chargers today. Who everybody and their mother Ooh. has has been like, oh God, they're the best team. I have you know many times I have seen somebody like a legitimate analyst or at least supposedly a legitimate analyst tweet out or say on TV <laughs> or the radio in the last week that they're the best team in the AFC. Yeah, sure yep. looked like it today getting clobbered 34 to six. Okay. And you can say whatever you want about the chiefs, go find me the game where they're losing 34 to six. Now you can say the super bowl. I would argue that's nice. The chiefs had a million guys out in that game. The chargers did not have a million guys out in this thing. Herbert threw for 195 and a pick. Okay. His QBR was 18.6. They even picked off Lamar twice in this game. They picked them off twice. And, and they, they scored six points. They ran the ball for 26 yards. Meanwhile, the Ravens ran for 187 on 4.9 yards a clip and three touchdowns. So spare me the whole, oh, the Chargers are, the Chargers defense is as bad as Kansas City's. I mean, yeah. so I. Worst to run defense in the NFL going into that game. They're awful. And guess what? It's going to be they're coming out. Yeah. And and look, I mean, the, the landscape of the AFC is just, Right now, if you look at it, if the Chiefs can get their crap together, all right, it's Buffalo and Baltimore. And then you look at the rest of these teams. I, the Bengals are having a nice season. I'm not too terribly concerned about them. No, the Browns, they're, they're banged up. And, and what happened when they got banged up on the running back position and, and our, our best to, to Kareem Hunt, who left, I think he tore his Achilles as well. Yeah, it didn't look good. Um, yeah, it didn't look good. Cream hunts out. Chubbs banged up. And what happened? Baker Mayfield needed to throw them throw in a game to where they had to keep up in a shootout. Couldn't really get it done. The Browns are three and three. Tennessee hasn't been playing well. The Chiefs could take care of them next week if they get their act together. Now they got a, they got a breaker against Tennessee. Tennessee's three and three. And Chargers not looking good. Raiders I, fine. I, they could easily win the division. They could be looking at a three seed if they can get it together. And Patrick, I'm be honest. I was talking to my dad before we went on this podcast. I don't care if they're a three sheet. Like that's fine. I get it. Or you got to go to Baltimore. You got to go to Buffalo potentially. All right. And so what? You know what? Let's just call a spade a spade. Let's be really honest. If Kansas City's playing to its capabilities and it's healthy, and they go into Baltimore and Buffalo in the playoffs, those teams are going to be scared to death of seeing those two teams, of seeing Kansas City in the playoff game. You think Baltimore wants to see them again? The Chiefs handed Baltimore that game. Now, let's give Jackson credit. He was great after throwing the couple picks early, and the Chiefs got a pick six in that game. Like, I'm not going to sweep that under the rug. Baltimore made its share of mistakes, too. The Chiefs were a tire fire in that game. And still should have won. If you ask me tomorrow, hey, the Chiefs are playing Baltimore. Everybody's healthy on both sides. And the Chiefs play their best game. Who wins? Them. They do. The Chiefs are better than them. The Chiefs do. And I got to tell you, I think Buffalo is really, really good. And it's the first time all all of Mahomes' career, at the end of that game, I felt like the Chiefs were just not as good as that team. But again, if Kansas City plays its best game against Buffalo, I don't give a shit where that game is. I would take the Chiefs to win the game. They have the best player in football when he's not throwing an arm punch straight up into the air. Okay, So the division right now, Denver is in free fall. The Raiders are... Four and two. The Raiders are not better than the Chiefs. The Chargers have no defense to speak of. The Chiefs are fine, but they've got to handle business. This Tennessee game's a big game. If you win this game, then you get the Giants at home on a Monday night. Okay, all of a sudden you're five and three and everything's rosy, but you've got to win this game because after you play the Giants, then you've got the Packers at home, the Raiders on the road on a Sunday night, and Dallas at home. Now, you can, they could win all those games, but none of those games are pushovers. Anytime you play the Raiders, you know it's going to be a brawl. So they, they got to handle business these next couple of weeks. They do that, they're five and three. Look, it's probably not going to be a one seed. Might not even be a two, although Baltimore does have a very hard schedule down the stretch. But you know what? Even if you're the three, all right, so they could win those games. And if they're playing well, there's not a person in the world who'd go, yeah, I can't wait to have Kansas City come into our building. It'll be interesting to see. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Buffalo. They're a very good team. They just kick the Chiefs' ass. They're excellent. But it'll be interesting to see if their defense can keep it up. You know, you always hear about regression, especially when it comes to defenses. And, and, and I'm saying the same thing that I've been saying about the Chiefs' defense, which is that I think that they will progress because there's no way they could right. be that bad all year long. They're not going to give up 30 points. And, and, and I think I predicted them to give up 17 points in this game and was pretty close. Um, the Bills have only given up 64 points. They've been incredible. 
Now, they haven't played the most dynamic offenses all season, but they did a good job against the Chiefs. So, you know, are they that type of defense? Because if they are, they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're a championship defense. If they're going to give up 200 points, um, I don't know how you're going to how anybody's going to stop them if they're going to be that good. If they if they regress a little bit, though. It's a long season, man. And th- like team, whatever, what, everything, what everybody thinks right now, I'm just telling you what, what you think about the league right now, what you think about the Cowboys, what you think about undefeated Arizona Cardinals, what yep. you think about the, the, the three and three Chiefs, all that stuff. Call me in December. I just, it's not going to be, it's not going to be like it is now. It never okay. is. Last year at this time, Seattle was six and out. Russell Wilson was the MVP. They were unstoppable. They didn't win a playoff game. Didn't win a playoff game. He didn't get a vote for MVP. This time last year, everybody's looking at the Chiefs. They're unstoppable. They're going to win the Super Bowl. Nobody can stop them. Now, they got damn close. They didn't win it. They won the Super Bowl. They got killed in the Super Bowl. The year before that, game when the Chiefs did win the Super Bowl, Kansas City took six games, four and two. Baltimore looked unbelievable. If you remember, that was your New England was like seven or eight and oh, and looked impossible to score against. New England didn't win a playoff game. Baltimore didn't win a playoff game. You're, you couldn't be more spot on. It doesn't matter. I write power rankings right now, and I, and I don't want the overlords of fan side to get mad at me, but I'm going to let everybody know a little secret. They don't mean shit. They don't, because what the power rankings are now and what they're going to be week 16, just the different teams get better, teams get worse, guys get hurt, guys get well. It just happens. If you go look at the Chiefs the other one in the Super Bowl, they were six and four after 10 games. They looked dead on arrival. They couldn't do anything. They were bad defensively. They had a million injuries. And then they got healthy. They got better defensively. And they got hot as hell. That was it. That Tennessee team that went to the AFC title game that played Kansas City, they were awful. They were two and three, four through six games. Mariota was the quarterback. They were awful. This part of the year is about getting better week in, week out. It's about not having crippling injuries. And it's it's about putting yourself in position. Now, the Chiefs have lost some games. They're not going to get a bye this year. Okay, so what? You, you I mean, teams win the Super Bowl all the time. They're not getting a bye. Tampa did it last year. So I, I really do believe with the Chiefs, if they can incrementally get better defensively, and I think they did that today, even considering the opponent. The Chiefs defense got better today. They fixed some things in that secondary. They fixed some of the tackling issues. If they can get better and they stay healthy. I don't care if they're a three seed, a six seed, a four seed. Nobody's going to want to see them. And that's what matters. It matters in January, where they will be, by the way, as long as they're healthy. Week six, it's fine. You just have to focus on winning and getting better. And if they do that, the rest of it with this team will take care of itself. Amen to that. All right. Before we get out of here, your support means everything to us. We tell you this all the time out there in YouTube land, out there in podcast land. You leave us those reviews over at Apple Podcasts. We're going to hook you up. So we got three tonight. This one comes from I Love Bonzo uh, from 1014. Uh, she says, uh, you guys have become my favorite Chiefs podcast over the last couple of years. I look forward to every few days to seeing a new episode. Thank you for helping this female Chiefs fan stay on top of the chatter with all my football friends. All are male, and I feel like I fit in well because of the great content like you guys provide. That's very kind of you. Also wanted to add, because of that idiot that rated you poorly a while back, that I love how you share stuff about yourselves too, non-football related, etc. So entertaining to hear you uh, hear your food talk, but also some of your personality while also enjoying the wisdom about the game. Keep up the good work and go Chiefs. Uh, just, yeah, I mean, that makes it all, th- those kinds of comments make it all worth it. If you're out there and... and and having more fulfilling conversations with your friends because it's something you learned from this podcast, probably from Vertoram, uh, unless it's a food take. Um, we uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that means that means a lot to us. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, absolutely. Second Thank one. This is much. a it, yeah. Um, this one says Goat Podcast. These guys do a terrific job of breaking down everything Chiefs that a more than casual fan would care about, from contract talks, interviews, and current and former players and upcoming matchups. These guys do it all very well. Little wasted time on this podcast. I don't know about that. Thank you for bringing the content that makes being a Chiefs fan more enjoyable. This was from R. Uh, Ritter918. P.S. When is the episode coming with a special guest, X Factor? You know, <laughs> if you listen to our last podcast. And it, yeah, yeah, and it was a long one. We were on for an hour and 20 minutes and we talked about the whole X Factor incident at the very end. We got two reviews that mentioned X Factor. So the fact that you people listened to an us talk for an hour and a half and you got through oh, all the football God talk about 20 minutes on breakfast cereal and then talking about X Factor. Um, yeah, and we're going to have a very special episode uh, when we never invite X Factor on the show. Uh, and then this last one. X-Factor fight, 
is the review left five stars did did an interview and whole segment i guess i guess this person means x factor did did us from e rodney did an interview and whole segment on pardon my take the whole saga is hilarious he got in a car accident the, that week of the fight and is blaming those injuries on the fight yeah look we're not gonna we're not gonna relitigate the the x factor situation but no. he is banned from arrowhead stadium so that's i mean just it is what it is you can take that for what you want uh the man's not allowed back in the building so i don't think we talked this might be the last time we ever talk about x factor i hope so i saw some people tweeting that he was at the game in washington i have no idea i'm not saying i know that that's true or not i I can't confirm that one i saw photo evidence oh you saw photo evidence yeah he was in the parking lot yeah (laughs) you know what look sam ellinger does a great job to kansas city star and who's a really nice guy. I've met him a handful of times. Great guy. He always has this line where he's written, I don't know, dozens of times. And he says, I never tell anybody how to be a fan. And I firmly believe in, in Sam's credo there. I think that's that's true, right? Like, I'm never going to tell you you should be more up about something or less up about like, that's it's your That's your call. You're a fan. Be however you want to be, right? I wouldn't want anybody telling me how to do my job or how to, how to be a fan of the team. X Factor has long been a guy who I don't think too many Chief fans are really thrilled about, like the way he uh, carries himself. Let's just put it that way. So getting banned from Arrowhead, I don't think it's a coincidence. They're one and zero since that happened, and maybe that was just the cosmic energy they needed. Yeah, it's got to be said. It's got to be said. But I, I appreciate yeah. two people actually <laughs> listening all the way to the end of that podcast, yeah. and then leaving a review. People are the real yeah. MVP. M- might be the greatest feat of this podcast. Just <laughs> want to say out there, thank you, Jacquez. Thank you, you F Chiefs fan, uh, longtime listener, leaves lots of reviews for us. Thanks, Mike Cole. Thanks, Ready Whip. Thanks, Jalen. Thanks, Mike Cole. Did I say Mike Cole twice? You got two thank yous, Mike Cole. Just wanted to thank some of you guys out there. Thank you, Colin Wood. Uh, uh, there's more. You, you guys know who you are. Um, uh, wanted to get as many thank yous out as we could. We really appreciate you listening. So here's the deal. The, the podcast will be back on Tuesday with Matt, Connor, and Sterling Holmes. Make sure you check in on that. It'll be an audio-only version. Verdram and I will be back on Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time. For those of you who didn't see it last week, we've decided to go live for that version of the podcast as well. So God bless you. You get to see us twice a week now, once a very after a very long day of work, and once in the morning. Um, so just prime time to be to looking at a couple of mugs like this, but we'll be back. Like I said, on Thursday, we'll be previewing the Tennessee game. So if you're around and you can watch live, uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button and we'll see you on Thursday. But if not, no worries. You can check out the channel a little bit later to watch or Apple podcasts or wherever you get your audio content to listen. Any parting thoughts further before we get the hell out of here, watch some Sunday night football. No, I think look ultimately three and three. It's not where you want to be six games into the year, but it's not a death sentence either. They don't have any major players, with all due respect to Jody Fortson, who are out for the year. You know, they've been they've been a little banged up, but they might actually be getting really healthy defensively. I don't know what's going on with Anthony Hitchens. That that is the one question mark, but I think they can they can cover for that a little bit. So look, I think overall you have to you have to, if you're a Chiefs fan, feel at least like that second half gives you hope. That that's in them. Like they can do that. And if they can continue doing that, even to a little bit of a lesser degree, they're going to beat everybody they play. I don't care who they face. If they, when they play like that, good night. And so it was it was needed. It, they came up big. And now you go face a, a Titans team who they are favorites against, by the way, fairly significantly on the road. Uh, we'll see. But they, you know, we'll get into that here as the week comes along. All right, everybody. Uh, thank you again so much for listening. Cheeto Freak X Factor died for the Chiefs. You said it. I did <laughs> Okay, with that, we'll get the hell out of here. You guys enjoy Sunday night football. Enjoy Monday night football. We'll see you on Tuesday and Thursday. For Matt Verderam, my name is Patrick Allen. And as always, go Chiefs. When you need to work quickly and confidently across different apps and platforms, consistent quality communication is key. Whether you're writing documents, emails, or presentations, you need Grammarly. It's an AI writing partner that helps you get your work done faster with better writing. It's always there to help because it works where you work across 500,000 apps and websites. 
so you can get more done no matter where you're writing. Grammarly is the gold standard of responsible AI, trusted by millions of professionals for 15 years. It gives you personalized writing suggestions based on your audience, goals, and context. Plus, tone suggestions to help you navigate even the most difficult work conversations. 96% of users agree Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Grammarly. Easier said, done. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.